there is a new docu-series. Have you seen it? It's on Hulu. It's George Carlin's American Dream. Uh, it chronicles the life and the work of this great comedian who has been deemed uh, a very influential stand-up comic of all time. And if you like comedy, if you like wordsmithing, uh, and if you just like show business in general, uh, I highly recommend it. It's very, very entertaining. They bring in a lot of different comedians to talk about uh, George Carlin and what it was like and his transformation from sort of a clean-cut guy to sort of that hippy-dippy um, uh, commentator uh, rebel that, that you kind of remember him uh, for. Uh, in one segment of the show, we learned that Carlin was arrested for using profane language at Summerfest in Milwaukee. And in the documentary, there is a prosecutor who um, was involved in this charging and in the, uh, the, uh, the ultimate outcome of this case. And we have that prosecutor here with us this afternoon to discuss his involvement in the prosecution and defense of George Carlin. Thomas Schneider is a retired attorney. Uh, he's had a great career, including 21 years as a district attorney in Milwaukee, eight years as the head U.S. attorney, the chief prosecutor in the Milwaukee area, and he served as an executive director of a youth and family center. Um, welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you so much for joining us. Glad to join you, Karen. So let's set the stage, uh, pardon the pun, uh, for the evening where Tom, uh, George Carlin was uh, be, was doing his act at Summerfest. What was going on and where were you at the time? Uh, I was at that stage. It's interesting because I was about five weeks out of law school, uh, joined and hired as an assistant district attorney, and um, went to my very first Summerfest concert in Milwaukee. Of course, it's extremely extremely popular uh, venue throughout the, uh, the summer. Uh, but that night it happened that George Carlin was the main headliner at the, at the main Summerfest stage. So my first uh, uh, touch with this case was in the audience. So 1972, and, you've got George Carlin there. Did, did you, when you're watching him, did you know anything about him prior to going to the show? Just that he was a comedian okay. and it was, it was entertaining or was, was purported to be entertaining and he and he gave the show and it was entertaining and uh, and then i left and then i left the concert and didn't know anything had happened but okay course, something and had happened right and so so george carlin has a routine called something loosely the seven words you can't say dirty words or whatever you can't say on television and the seven words you can't say on tv yeah and uh but he can say them or he did say them on the stage is that is that right he most certainly did. Okay. And when you were there at the concert, how was that received? Was it, uh, uh, did people think it was funny? Were people offended? Did you notice? Well, that became the essence of my testimony when I was his star and only witness for the defense in the case. Before we get to that, um, though, I want to get to the, 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 the start of this. And the start of it is you finish the concert, you go back to your desk on Monday morning, and then what happens? I finished the concert, which was on Friday night, and there's something called Saturday duty, because if someone's arrested on a Friday night, they can't sit in jail all the way until Monday. They have to be either charged or released within 48 hours. So there's something called a Saturday rotation, and it was my very first time doing Saturday duty in the DA's office. So I'm at my desk and in walk the police with George Carlin in handcuffs, and they ask me to charge him with disorderly conduct. And can you just describe what he looked like at the time and what his demeanor was? Uh, his demeanor was fine. Uh, 
of course, George Carley and Carlin was kind of scruffy, and um, but but respectful. And I don't recall he said anything. His attorney was with him, uh, one of the best uh, criminal defense attorneys in town. And uh, they made the case, and we discussed the case, whether or not it should be charged. Uh, the, the, the charge of disorderly conduct is engaging in um, a violent, abusive, indecent, profane, boisterous, uh, or otherwise disorderly conduct. And so they believed that this was using indecent and profane words. Uh, and it may or may not have been, but the second part of the statute says, uh, which tends to cause or provoke a disturbance. And after discussing it with the district attorney, we both agreed that um, while it may or may not have been indecent or profane, it did not in any way cause a disturbance. And in fact, I could vouch for that because I was in the audience and the only reaction from the audience was people were laughing. Tom, let's take a break now. When we come back, we're going to play just a little bit of of, uh, Carlin routine, and then we'll finish up the story on how you intersected with George Carlin in the prosecution and defense of his obscenity case, or I should say disorderly conduct case. You're listening to WGN. We are back with Tom Schneider. Tom is a former prosecutor in Milwaukee, and he was uh, in the audience the night that George Carlin performed at Summerfest and did his act Seven dirty words you can't say on television, and was promptly arrested. Tom, thank you again for joining us. Um, let's play a little clip from that routine. I don't think it's the exact one at Summerfest, but and of course we couldn't play the the crux of his act because we can't say those words on radio either, even now. So uh, why don't you play that, Andrew? That's the trouble with it is trying to decide what to call these words, man. For sure, that they're just some words, not many either, just a few that we've decided. Well, we won't use them all the time. Sometimes, well, hell yeah. Sometimes it's okay, but not all the time. That's, and they're the only words that seem to have that restriction. I mean, there are a lot of words you can say whenever you want, you know. Pneumonia! Nobody gives you a lot of it. All right, you can't yell it in the hospital a great deal, but what the hell. There are words that you can say, no problem. Topography! No one has ever gone to jail for screaming topography. But there are some words that you can go to jail for. Trouble is, I was trying to find out what these words might be. And I wanted to know the ones that you could never say on television. I mean the filthy words that are always filthy. There are a lot of these little two-way, double-entendre words that have two meanings. Words that are okay part of the time. I call them like part-time filth. Some of these words, they're only 50% dirty. Oh, so so let's recap. So, Tom, you are five weeks out of law school. You're sitting there watching the concert, the uh, the the uh, routine. You go to your desk on Monday, and in comes George Carlin in handcuffs, and you decline to bring charges. Can you remind our our listeners what your reason and your basis was for declining those charges? Yeah, the reason was the the, the, the very words of the statute of disorderly conduct. Because while he might have, uh, and in fact did uh, use profane uh, language, uh, the second part of the statute is uh, under circumstances which tend to cause or provoke a disturbance. And um, since I was there uh, and witnessed that there was no disturbance, nor did it provoke any disturbance, uh, after consulting with uh, District Attorney Michael McCann, we determined that this was not appropriate to bring any criminal charges. 
which did not make the police happy, to say the least. So the police were kind of, they, they, they wanted this prosecution. Absolutely. Interesting. And I, I guess I have to remember the it, time it's here. It's not the prosecutor's job to, to, to do anybody's bidding. It's to review the facts neutrally and impartially and then make a decision as to whether or not the case uh, meets the statute, is, uh, can be proven beyond reasonable doubt. Um, and in this case, it didn't even meet the terms of the statute. And so we denied the case. Okay. And but so that was not the end of it. Yes. Yeah, so, so what happens next? It goes, it goes somewhere else. Yeah, they left my office, and uh, little did I know, they took him over to the city attorney's office. And the city attorney issued a municipal ordinance violation for disorderly conduct. And, and so they, that, that uh, of course, uh, George Carlin and his uh, attorneys decided uh, that was not appropriate. So they demanded a jury trial. And that jury trial, of course... The wheels of justice uh, move uh, surely but slowly. Uh, it wasn't until December 14th of 1972 when the case actually came to trial. And I'm holding in my hand right now the actual subpoena I received to appear in court and testify as a witness since I had actually been at the concert. I was the only witness subpoenaed by George Cowan to appear on his behalf. So this is just bizarre because here you are a prosecutor, you've declined charges, they take the they take the end run around you, go to the municipal code, and now the defense calls you. Correct. <laughs> and you receive a subpoena. I mean, did you think it was a joke? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I knew exactly what was going on and uh... Uh, you know, I really didn't have any worry, anything to worry about. I just had to testify as to what I saw, and it was pretty, pretty simple. Now, before uh, that, b- both sides played. The, they don't have tapes. The, the recording, the, the the record of that that skit, and stipulated that what's on the record is essentially what he said at the concert. And so they played the recording, and I remember that, that Judge Geringer with his hand over his face so you couldn't see that he was laughing during the course of the performance. <laughs> of course he was uh, laughing. It's funny. <laughs> and both and both sides stipulated that's what he said. And then the defense called only one witness, and I took the stand and testified in the... Um, the um, and what was, the, what was your testimony? What, what were the questions and what were your answers? The defense asked me as their witness, uh, were you at the concert? Yes. Uh, and... Uh, what did you hear? Did you hear this performance? Yes. And what was the reaction of the office uh, audience? I said, people were laughing and they were clapping. And did you see any disturbance or any one thing that caused the disturbance? No. Uh, there was little or no questioning from the defense attorney. Both sides rested. And the judge found him not guilty. Interesting. And I, I think I read somewhere that the judge said something to the effect of, you know, when he was booked at Summerfest, people must have known he's a nightclub comic and that in nightclubs there is swearing and there's off color blue material, if you will. And that if people came to Summerfest to, to watch this, they probably knew they shouldn't be bringing their young children because they were likely to hear something that may not be perfectly clean. 
words to that effect. Or, or maybe the, maybe yeah. the judge said that at a later point. Um, it's, it's interesting because there are, there are many stages going on simultaneously at Summerfest. And so you might go to one stage and then you might go over to another stage. You know, one ticket gets you into the whole thing. And so you, you really don't know who's going to which concert. But you would think if it was a young child going with an adult, the adult would have an idea of what was being said. But regardless of that, uh, it didn't meet the, the terms of the statute. Uh, he did nothing that caused or provoked a disturbance. And on the other hand, it got him a tremendous amount of publicity. Right. Well, and it's sort of right up his alley. And if you watch this um, this docu series, it's two parts, I believe. Uh, and and I have a texter who said it's on HBO too. Yes, HBO Hulu. It's it's available. And and you know he he was a rebel, and he challenged he challenged the authorities. He challenged uh, the authorities on about Vietnam, about a number a number of things. And this probably was uh, really good for his career, as you said. Um, so what could he have done? What, what, what would the punishment have been had he been found guilty in that municipal court? I believe, the, well, the most would have been a fine. I'm not sure what the maximum amount of the fine in city court is, but, you know, I would have guessed probably under $100. Now, but, I think, but I think that they were more interested in, um, I suppose, not having him have a record, but also in making their free speech argument. I'm sorry, Carlin was. Yes. Yes, yes. And and so, I mean, do you think that the prosecutors really wanted to prosecute him and, and get him, put him in jail or have him be fined? Was this like, was there something about this that was high profile and therefore the prosecutors may have thought that they would get some notoriety out of this? Is there any part of that? Well, it was a different era and a different time, and the the, the then police chief, uh, Harold Breyer, uh, was, uh, I don't know what, uh, I don't know, I would say he was very tough and very hard-nosed and uh, didn't see shades of gray, gray, and this is what he had wanted the police to do. But that's not the district attorney's job. The district district attorney's job is to review the case, review the facts, review the law, and do justice. And in this case, justice was not to charge the case. And if they were going to charge him anyway, and the defense wanted to subpoena me as a witness, my job is just to go up and tell the truth. And it was easy to tell the truth. It, nothing caused or provoked a disturbance. Tom Schneider, so, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to. A lot th- of people said I shouldn't do it because it hurts your career or something like. That's not what justice is about. And I handled lots of cases involving civil rights cases and racketeering cases and organized crime cases and police shootings and murders. Uh, this was kind of amusing, but it also is one that's being remembered and and was a defense of his free speech. Yeah, absolutely. I highly recommend that you watch this. And when you get to the part about Tom Schneider, you could say, hey, I heard him on on uh, WGN. Thank, thank you so much for joining us. I know you have a son here in Chicago who's also an attorney. Uh, shout out to him and have a great afternoon and have a good uh, retirement. Thanks, Karen.